You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life. We're going to look at Psalm 54 today. Now, we're in the 50s in the Psalms because this is a section where David is just dealing with the difficulties of life. And I've said before that most of the Psalms are written in the context of fear. And the reason I keep saying that, again, is because it just, that's the context of our lives. I don't mean that we're always afraid, but the context of our lives is we're not in control and it's always a situation of anxiety, worry, fear in situations that we're not in control of. And life is hard. Life has curveballs. They're not curveballs to God. God is sovereign over every pitch. But to us, uh, it's a curveball. It's a change up. It's a slider. And we just don't know what's coming our way. And so every day has new challenges. And to David, every day had new challenges. And this is a situation in Psalm 54 where it says, when the Ziphites went and told Saul, is not David hiding among us? If you know the story in 1 Samuel, David is not king. Saul is king. And Saul turns on David and become, just goes bad and is trying to kill David. He's believing false things about David, spreading false rumors about David. And now these people, David is trying to hide from Saul. And now there's some people in the city that he's hiding that are trying to uh, betray him. They've gone to Saul and they say, is not David among us? In other words, hey, we we know where David is. So the context of this psalm is verse 3 where David says, For strangers have risen against me. Ruthless men seek my life. They do not set God before themselves. So they're out for themselves. They want to enrich themselves. They want to advance themselves in some way. And to do so, they're going to turn on David. Everybody's incentivized in different ways. And sometimes people get incentivized for whatever reason to be against us. Speak against us, say things against us, spread false rumors against us, whatever it is. This is life. This is the reality of life. We all have to navigate these waters. And we have to learn to navigate them in our relationship with God. And so here's the thing. Sometimes, actually often, actually every day, we just need to recalibrate. We need to remember the narrative that our lives are in. This is why we call this podcast a bigger story, or I'm sorry, a bigger life. This is why we call this podcast a bigger life, because we need to re-narrate every day the, the story that our lives are in in order to live a bigger life. We need to remember our neediness. We need to remember our dependence upon God. And we need to consciously, cognitively remember to put our faith, our trust, our reliance, our confidence in God. We need to verticalize our day instead of just living horizontally, instead of just living, reacting to life circumstances, reacting to the things that happen for us or against us or make our lives hard or make our lives great. If we just merely live our lives horizontally, we're just controlled by our circumstances. Our outlook is controlled by our circumstances and our narrative, our life will be controlled by our circumstances. The other way to live, the right way to live is to instead have this sense of narrative, have this sense of story. This is what your this is the story your life is in. God is God. He's in charge. He is forever God and God forever. And he is the one who is Lord over all the circumstances in your life. And every prosperity and every challenge is a test and an opportunity. 
and part of this narrative that for whatever reason God has us in for a purpose that he has, we don't know the big story. He's always doing something. He's always up to something that has a better story, a better life for not just us, but those that he has caused us to be a blessing to. But to live in that life, we have to be aware of trusting God. So David says in in Psalm 54, seven verses of stuff. And I, the reason I like this is it's a little short psalm that's a great way just to sort of remember my need for God and remember to put my trust in God. There are some phrases here that are really good that resonate with me. Verse 1, he says, Oh God, save me by your name. It's a weird way to say it, right? Save me by your name. Now, we know now that God's name is Yahweh. It's the self-reference for God. It's the reference for God used most often in the entire Bible. A lot of times we think the titles of God, Lord, God, those are titles, but Yahweh was God's name, and the name captured the essence of who he is. It captured the essence of his character, the I am. He is the I am. He is the giver of all life. He is existence itself. He is the source of all existence. He is the I am, always in the present tense. Whether it's infinity past or infinity future, he's always in the right now. Every moment, God is fully present, and he is infinite. And he is the one who is always present in our life without being any less present anywhere else. He's 100% present with us. And so this idea of God's name is how David is constantly narrating his life, re-narrating his life, remembering God's name, remembering the presence of God and the name of God as being the vertical context of everything in his life. This is super important for us, and I don't want to lecture on this too much because, you know, it, 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 just, it becomes a lecture, and that's not what I want to do here. But what David is saying here is, oh, God, I need you. I'm starting off this prayer remembering my need. I need you to save me. Now, we, we know that David here is talking about his very life, but it's also in these psalms, these things that have literal meaning also have a double meaning that are spiritual and, and bigger in picture. And so the idea of save me is not just in his circumstance here with uh, hiding from Saul, but save me in the sense that my whole life is something where I constantly need God to save me. Save me from the consequences of my sin. Save me from the consequences of other people's sin. Save me in the sense that my soul needs restoration. My life needs redemption. And so save me by your name, by your power, by your glory, by your character. And for me... Just saying these kinds of things to God is, is, is so helpful. Just to say that phrase to God, oh God, save me by your name. And to think about the words that I'm saying and think about what I'm saying has a certain powerful resonance with my soul. It does something to my heart. It softens my heart. It, it makes my spirit in tune with God's spirit. Oh God, save me by your name. You're the I am. Save me by your power. Save me by your glory. Save me by who you are in my life. And then he goes on to say, and vindicate me by your might. That word vindicate, it just means that, that contend for me. Help me by 
representing me to other people in a way that gives me favor in their eyes. And I think that's a legitimate prayer. It's a biblical prayer that God would give us favor in the eyes, that we would have favor in the eyes of others, that it matters. Favor in people's eyes so that the gospel would have favor, but also favor in people's eyes and so that that, that our lives can be a blessing and that and that we wouldn't have conflict with people, but that we would have a good relationship with people. And so I pray that a lot. God, give me favor in their eyes. Give me favor in their minds, their hearts. Do not let me be put to shame is something you see a lot in the Psalms. And I, so David says, oh God, save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. Oh God, hear my prayer. Saying these things to God, God, hear my prayer. Save me by your name. Give me favor in the eyes of those that it matters. These are good things for us to remember just as prayers in general, just as, as things in our head, things in our brain that we pray a lot, whether we're concerned about something or whether we're wanting to pray to God in order to remind ourselves that we should be concerned about something. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves to, to be concerned because <laughs> life is full of entertaining distractions. So instead of thinking about the game last night, sometimes we need to remember to think about the real game that our life is in, the real story, the real narrative. Remembering to pray these kinds of prayers is, is how I do it, is how, is how we need to do it as God's people. We need to start off remembering our neediness. I think about that film, What About Bob? It's one of my favorite comedies. Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus plays a psychiatrist. Bill Murray plays an over-needy patient. It's, in my mind, one of the funniest films ever. But there's a scene in there that Bill Murray is just falling apart and he's begging Richard Dreyfus to spend to spend more time helping him. And he says, gimme, 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 I need, I need. And it's got this face of agony. And it's just a total picture of dysfunction and desperation and neediness. We don't want to be needy with other people. That's dysfunctional. But you can never be too needy with God. You can never have this sense of needing God and 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 being dependent upon him and crying out to him, that that's not dysfunctional, that's functional. The more we don't do that, the more we don't sense our need for that, the more we think we got this, is the more dysfunctional in our soul and in our circumstances because we depend upon God for everything. And we are needy. And when reminding ourselves that we are is 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 living more and more in reality. David says in verse four, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. It's interesting because this word helper here is the same word that is in Genesis 2.18 of Eve being a helper suitable for Adam. A lot of times you read that passage and we think the narrative is saying that the wife is meant to be kind of a subservient servant to the husband, a helper to his goals and his life and his agenda. And if we do think that, then we're going to misunderstand the rest of the Bible because the most of the time, most of the time that word is used, it's used of God being our helper. And that's what David is saying here. Behold, God is my helper. It's the exact same Hebrew word. He's certainly not saying God is subservient, serving my agenda. That's not what a wife is, and that's certainly not what God is. What God is is the one who is surrounding, protecting, 
sustaining David. And that's what a that's what a spouse is supposed to help us be. We're supposed to help each other, surround each other, protect each other, be for each other. Not subservient in that way, although Jesus certainly was. He came to not to be served, but to serve. And in that way, we are doing that toward one another. And in that way, Jesus is our helper. Um, but in this sense here, God is my helper in the sense that he is the one who surrounds me with his protection. He is the one who sustained me with his presence. The Lord is the upholder of my life as a, as a, a parallel way of saying that. The Lord here is L-O-R-D in, in small cap. So it's not Yahweh. It's not the capital L-O-R-D, but it's the small cap which is translating the Hebrew word Adonai, which just means Lord. It means sovereign one. It means the one who is the master, the ruler. And I think that's a significant, it's not a name for God, but it's a term. And I think it's a term that helps me remember that God is the sovereign over all of his creation. He is the Lord. He is the one who controls all the circumstances. He's the one who controls everything. He is the Lord. And there's a comfort in knowing that the one who controls all of creation, the one who controls everything is the one who is also my helper. He's the one who is also the upholder of my life. He upholds me. He's the one that is is sustaining me. I am in need of him. I am in need of him to uphold my life. I am in need of him to be my helper. So David says in verse 6, I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, now that is Yahweh, all capital L-O-R-D. I will give thanks to your name, Yahweh, the I am. That's the name of God. It's not a term, it's a name. For it is good. And it just, again, for me, just saying that phrase is, is, it's a big word, efficacious in my life. It's effective in softening my heart. It, it centers my soul on God. It softens my heart. It, it's a little bitty step of renewing my mind and remembering my need of God and my trust in him and that he is trustworthy and giving thanks is part of that narrative. It's part of living out that narrative. I always remember reminded of Romans 1 where it says the big sin of mankind is that they did not glorify God nor give thanks. When you think about not giving thanks to God as the very essence of human sin, of not glorifying him and not giving thanks, It reminds me how often I go throughout my day with a hard heart where I'm just not giving thanks to God, not recognizing my need, not recognizing my neediness, not recognizing how much he does that I don't see, how much he sustains me, how much he upholds me, how much he helps me, how much he is saving me. And I give thanks to him as a remembrance of that. And just saying the words, I give thanks to your name, O Lord. For you are good, for your name is good. Just saying it is helpful to me. Again, it's just a phrase. If you could remember to say that, you're driving in your car, you're lying in your bed, you're walking on a walk, and just remember a couple phrases. One is, oh God, be my helper. I give thanks to your name, O oh Lord, for it is good. Just from, If you could just say that, something already is happening in your heart. Something already is happening in your mind. Something already is happening in your spirit, and your perspective is becoming vertical and not just horizontal. We're just trying not to live this merely horizontal life because that's delusional. That's dysfunctional. That's not reality. The reality is God is everywhere. He is overseeing everything. And a functional life, if you want to say it that way, living in reality more and more, 
is this vertical sense and that we start our day, we think about God, we give thanks to his name, we acknowledge our need of him, save me by your name, we acknowledge his presence, we acknowledge that he is our upholder, the upholder of my life. And then it says in verse 7, for he has delivered me from every trouble. Now, that's not literally true. Sometimes troubles happen and that, that I didn't get delivered from breaking my leg. I didn't get delivered from having a wreck. I didn't get delivered from something else. So not every trouble. He doesn't mean it that way. I think what he means is the same kind of thing Paul says in Second Timothy 4.18. God will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom that God ultimately is the one who will deliver me from every trouble. No trouble will have its victory over me. No trouble will have the last word because Yahweh, the I am and the Lord, the one who is master and ruler and sovereign over all his creation, because he is my helper, because he is the upholder of my life, because he is the one who saves me. I will be delivered from every trouble. Ultimately I will be delivered and he will wipe away every tear from my eye. He will I will be his people. He will be my God. And the forever God will be my God forever. And this is, this is something I think that's, again, helpful to, helpful to say. You will deliver me from every trouble. Ultimately, this is God saving me. Hopefully, ultimately, this is God delivering me from my dysfunction, my sin, delivering me from his judgment, but it's also bringing me into his heavenly kingdom when it returns to earth. This is the bigger story. And I need, need to remember that God is the center of my story. His delivering me is the drama of my story. His saving me is my need. His name is the context of every moment in my life and every day in my life giving thanks to him because he is my helper, because he is the upholder of my life. That's what this psalm is about. That's why it's a little good short little seven-verse psalm just to sort of reboot, recalibrate, put our perspective vertical and not merely horizontal. Can you give me a few more minutes and let me lead you in a time to do that right now in prayer? Just pray with me. Let's go vertical. Let's recalibrate. Oh God, Lord, sovereign over the entire universe, you are the one who rules. You have always forever been God, forever will be God. You are the forever God and my God forever. Oh God, save me. I need you to save me from myself. I am my own worst enemy, clearly. And save me from those who, for whatever reason, are incentivized to be an enemy in my life. Save me from circumstances. Save me from harm. Save me from situations that would do damage to my life, damage to my soul, damage to my relationships. Save me because I need you to redeem me. I need you to reach down and grab me and pull me out of the pit. 
save me by your name. You are the I am. Save me by your name, by your glory, by your power, by your righteousness, by your holiness, by your love, by your goodness, by your wisdom, by your 100% presence in my life. Save me, heal me, redeem me, restore me. Save me by your name. Give me favor in the eyes to whom it would matter, to whom it would help, to whom I could be a blessing and bless others. Do not let me be put to shame. Oh God, hear my prayer. I know you hear my prayer, but it just feels good to say it. It feels good to ask it. Here's my prayer. Hear it. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Save me by your name because I need you. You are my greatest need. My greatest need is for your redemption. My greatest need is for you to save me. My greatest need is your love. My greatest need is your goodness, your provision, your life. Oh God, you are my helper. Be my helper. Be the one who sustains me. Surround me with your protection. Help me. You are the upholder of my life. I pray that you would uphold my life, O Lord. You are the master over all your creation. You are the ruler over every circumstance in my life. Nothing happens to me that you are not in charge of, that you are not in control of, that you are not the one who lords over all, every bit of your universe, every moment in my circumstances. You are Lord. You're in charge. You're God. You are enthroned. You rule. I want to see everything vertically, that you are the one who controls everything and you uphold my life. You are my helper. Help me. Uphold my life, O Lord. And I will give thanks to your name, O Lord. I give thanks to you for giving me life. I give thanks to you that you wanted me to exist. And by your will, I exist. And I exist by you. And I exist for you. And I give thanks to you for saving me. I give thanks to you for giving me wisdom enough to call upon you. I give thanks to you for your presence in my life. I give thanks to you that nothing happens to me outside of your goodwill for me. I give thanks to you that you redeem me. I give thanks to you that you are good and that your will for me is good and your will for me is according to your love and your will for me is according to your infinite wisdom and your will for me is according to your eternal goodness. And I trust in you. I submit to you as my king. I submit to you as my God. I trust you as my Lord. I trust you as my God. For you will deliver me from every trouble. I know that you will deliver me from every evil deed and you will bring me safely into your heavenly kingdom. I keep my eyes on you. I keep my hope in you. 
I put my trust in you. I reach out to you because my greatest need is for you. My greatest need today is for you. My greatest need in all this week is for you. My greatest need in all of my life is for you. So be my helper. Uphold my life. Save me by your name. And I give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.